Have you ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll also read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, June Hernandez, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your copy today at LanceByChance.com. Working Fans Podcast, cool. Yep. All right, here we go, coming down three, two... For another week of the Working Fans Podcast, this is AJ. I'm the former wrestler. We've got Dave, the ultimate fan, here with us. As we do every week, our producer, Joe, Nate likes to make us sound good and makes us look way more professional than we actually are. As always, you can find us on Twitter. That's at Fans Working. Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast, and for any ideas that you might have, that's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod. And then you can now listen to us on all major platforms, including anchor.fm, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and you can actually check us out on YouTube. Now, it's important when you go onto the Apple Podcasts and YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, let us know what you think so you can help us out, and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. All right, everybody, it's the Working Fans Podcast with the man they call Dave, AJ Strange Brew, and this segment, we're going to talk a little wrestling. You know, we've been kind of Mostly talking about stuff from the past recently. We have particular subjects on, but we're going to talk about some current stuff because I think it's an interesting time in pro wrestling right now. I think it's the best and the worst of times in pro wrestling right now. I think what everybody wants to talk about right now is the name change between Knockout Pro Wrestling and Renegade Pro Wrestling and the momentous shift in the company over the past weekend at at the February 6th show. They completely changed ownership and changed name. They did. And me and producer Joe are on commentary right now. That's actually first episode. What? We're recording this. Got released today. What? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I can listen to you and Joe call the matches for what is now Renegade Pro Wrestling? Be kind. These cookies aren't done yet, as JR would say. But, <laughs> but they're getting baked, folks. They're, they're getting, getting baked, baked especially yeah, not, Joe. Not the baked like Joe likes, but yes, <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> but I want to talk about some current stuff going on wrestling. Some interesting stuff happened this week. First off, Royal Rumble event. I thought it was one of the better Royal Rumbles. I liked Edge coming back. I um, I love Bianca Belair. I thought she was... Uh, I know you liked Edge. I thought Bianca Belair was a I like great Bi- baby Bianca face. Belair. You do, yeah. I, specifically the Royal Rumble matches. I don't want to talk about the event overall. I thought... Yeah. Actually, it's a great Edge. It's interesting to me. Because a lot of times we don't like part-timers coming back. But I don't think that's always the case. I don't think we like Goldberg coming back. We don't like certain part-timers coming back all the time. Edge can still go. I don't, I don't think he's overplayed. I also don't think he's planning on being a part-timer. I think that the only reason he's been a part-timer is because of the freaking tricep injury. <coughs> he, he came back and was wrestling a pretty regular schedule before he yeah. actually, and even at coming out of the Rumble, he wrestled Randy Orton the next freaking night after doing 70 freaking two minutes right. <laughs> the night before. And, and let's but, talk about, too, like part-timers, too. Even if Edge is a part-timer, like Goldberg's putting on four or five-minute matches. Edge has gone an hour twice in the last year, not counting the long matches he's had with Orton and so on. Including the greatest wrestling match of all time. 
What bums me out about Edge is he's not really the draw, though. Like, he didn't really boost Raw's ratings. They did nothing. For, now, NXT, they didn't promote fair enough, to be fair, too. They just said it on social media. But I wish Edge was a bigger draw. It doesn't seem like he's drawing him in. I think Edge is so, an so amazing here's, performer. So here's the problem. Edge Edge is a draw with us. He's a, yes. he's a draw with the wrestling not, fans that have been around for a long time. Right. There's a generation right now who's watching Raw who, over the last decade, didn't get to see Edge. Right, and they don't know who this superstar is. They saw him from time to time come out, run out, do his um, pyro stuff like that. But all they know him from is those little spots. And unfortunately, he's not drawing their attention because they're seeing, even though he's putting on great matches. Yeah, he looks like their dad putting on great matches. And honestly, too, like the stuff with uh, Bauer and NXT. To me, he made the NXT belt oh, absolutely feel more important. And it made NXT look bigger for the first time, like, in a while when I saw that. To me, it was like, oh, we have a star here. Every interview that he has done, every word that he has spoken since returning has been must-see TV. If if you want to see, if you're a young wrestler out there, young wrestlers, look at me. Look at these eyes. If you're a young wrestler and you want to see promo class, you want to know Mm. how to draw people in and cut a good Mm. promo, Watch anything from Edge over the last year. He's killing it. Dude, I, love, I know you popped too. When he went on NXT and said that little comment about, you know how it is in WWE, usually we concentrate on that last letter a little more. But over here on NXT, we like that second W a little bit more, and I find that kind of exciting. And then he tells the guys that this is the stuff that motivated him and gets him excited to want to come back. You know he meant that. Like he loves the wrestling aspect of that, and that gets me excited. Well, uh, he ain't going to be main event with Finn Bauer, folks, but I'm just saying it was an exciting segment. <laughs> God, I, I wish he would. Those two guys, Finn Balor Pete Dunne? and yeah, Pete Dunne, are absolutely amazing. When I watch Pete Dunne, mm-hmm. I absolutely love Pete Dunne's wrestling style. It reminds me a lot of the guy who trained me, Adrian Street, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. obviously he doesn't do the flamboyancy like that. But the joint manipulation, uh, either your bones are going to snap or a joint's going to pop at any moment. I absolutely love that style wrestling. It's one of the reasons I love WWE UK is you can't get any better than that. And when Edge says that, this is how much... I don't know if anybody out there has listened to him, Edge and Christian's um, podcast of awesomeness or whatever it was called. Mm. He, When he would talk to people, he would constantly every week put over both Pete Dunne and Finn Balor's work. And he legitimately, what he said in that ring was not just a storyline. That is the truth. I agree. And I also, too, I mean, I thought Edge was money on SmackDown. His interaction with Roman, where he told Roman, I'm in your head. You have somebody out here. I'm by myself. Roman was great when he got picked. He picked it up a notch and he yelled, don't disrespect me. And Paul Salen looks nervous. Like the whole stuff was great. I think I think Edge and Roman are going to be the main event at Mania. I think they're going to be money. And I'm interested to see if they put the belt on Edge. Edge not being there at the beginning of the show. Uh, the This is the difference between writing between SmackDown and Raw. Right. Edge not being there at the beginning of the show, even though we all know he's there. <laughs> Edge not being there at the beginning right. of the show is the best thing. It's almost like a stand-up comic and having that silence and letting it sit in or being a great wrestler in the ring, doing a move and actually letting it soak in. Yeah, Him not being there enabled 
Reigns, who has stayed calm, to snap and then see Reigns draw it back in and say, wait a minute, I've got to get control of myself. I've right. got to. This is the one case in that you can do in the WWE other than maybe Randy Orton where Roman Reigns is not the senior wrestler. He's not mm -hmm. the person in control, and he wants to be the person in control. He wants to show that he's the person in control, but it enables him to fight that and fight his inner, oh, I want to kill you. Why are you doing this? <laughs> I, I, what I like about this is because it comes off like mental warfare, like legit yeah. mental warfare, and it reminds me, if, for those of you who listen to What Happened When, with Tony Schiavone, they just did a podcast and they talked about a real life story. Now on the TV, it was Dusty Rhodes had Willie Nelson on because Willie Nelson was doing the movie. But in behind the scenes, Willie had showed up on set, and Tony and somebody else were talking to Willie. I forget who. And like it's Dusty, like let me go get Dusty. And Tony go gets Dusty, and Dusty goes, "Is Willie there?" And uh, like, yeah, he showed up. And Dusty looks at Tony and he goes, "Remember this: the bigger star always comes out last, baby." <laughs> I thought to myself. That's kind of what Edge is doing. You're playing that mental warfare. Biggest star is going to come out last. Well, the mental warfare is going to be so important in this because from a physical standpoint, we talked about how even though he's in great shape, let's let's be honest, Edge is in great shape, but he looks a little thinner, looks a little, yeah. little bit older. Yeah. Nobody thinks physically that he is going to go in there and just be able to throw punch for punch with Roman Reigns, who looks like he could kill somebody at any time. He looks like a beast. However... If if they tell the storyline where Edge is in his head and Edge has him off mm -hmm. his game, he now evens out the playing. And he's playing into what they've always called him. He's the great manipulator. He's the person who makes it his way so that he has a chance. You have to build this storyline so that at WrestleMania, people, young kids aren't sitting there going, Dude, this guy's gonna get killed. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna spend too much longer on WWE for people listening to our show, but I want to add one more thing, maybe two more. Were you surprised Kevin Owens still showed up again? No, <laughs> like, I wasn't surprised. And here's the reason I wasn't surprised. They gave it away in the beginning. Okay. When Roman Reigns says, oh, yeah. you ain't never going to see him in here again. <laughs> You're never going to ever, ever see him in, on SmackDown or in. When he says that, that means he's definitely coming back. Right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, now... like, that's like saying before a match. There will not be any interference in this match. We've done everything we can to make sure that there'll be no interference. <laughs> Last question about Owens. Does he eventually get the belt? <laughs> he's just, he's, he's, I'm, not, I'm not. You're convinced that it's going to be Edge and Roman at WrestleMania. You say, uh, it, could be, it could be Owens and Reigns again. He's <laughs> got to say Owens and Edge. Yeah. Well. But there is another pay-per-view in between, too. So. There is. There's two more pay-per-views, actually. Is there? Is My yeah. God. So we have Elimination Chamber. I know people think that's too much content, which I agree. But there is one interesting thing. Fastlane is coming up as well, which I would normally say, oh, yeah. okay, throw away. However, Fastlane is actually going to be the first show on the Peacock Network. So, well, that's what I was going to say is, you know, they're going to want to do something big for the Peacock Network. Right. So there might be something out there. We'll see. One last person before we jump into some other wrestling. Christian. How excited to see him back. Sounds like he's going to be around for a little bit. I don't know what they do in Pittsburgh, <laughs> but, but they are curing people. Yeah. Daniel Bryan got cured in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Edge, Edge <laughs> cured in Pittsburgh. Christian cured in Pittsburgh. Mm. I, I, I am going to Pittsburgh. I am going to find this fountain of youth. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going on a trip. Mm. People have been... Uh, um... 
putting out there they'd like to see Christian and Big E in an Intercontinental title match. I didn't really wow. think about that, but yeah, I saw some buzz on Twitter, Fightful.com, sure. legit site. I I, I, I want to see Edge and Christian team up and maybe take on the Usos or Roman. Like I think the storyline would be great. I like to see. I like to see all three of the Samoans I want, versus well, Owens, I get- Edge, and Christian, the Canadian Mafia. <laughs> I'd like to see him against Daniel Bryan. I'd like to see him against yeah. AJ Styles. I'd love to see him against Finn Balor. You know, love to see. You know what's happening? Having a trouble with I think, and I know a lot of hardcore fans aren't going to get this, but I think the issue here, like why I'm having a hard time getting off this WWE thing a little bit, is because has SmackDown just quietly become one of the better shows? Like Cesaro versus <laughs> Bryan. I mean, actually, not- that's that was yeah. the other person I was going to mention for matches with Christian. Yeah. I absolutely love what they're doing with Cesaro and yeah. Brian. The fact that they've showed the mutual respect this week, you realize you slowly are turning Cesaro face. So you're taking yeah. the small crowd that was cheering for him because mm-hmm. how great he is, and you're slowly turning him because he's not doing anything bad anymore. No, he and was those, teaming with bad yeah. people still, right? But he's turning slowly, and it's all Brian. Brian's on the right, it is. and he's putting over Nakamura clean. He yeah. tapped out to Cesaro, who he legitimately busted open, not on purpose, but it added to the match. And then afterwards, they fist bump each other out of sign of respect. And, and Cesaro here, initiates it to your point about the potential babyface. And, and although the WWE will never recognize this, the thing that we have to remember about Daniel Bryan and Cesaro is they wrestled at the same time in the beginnings of oh, yeah. Ring of Honor. Yeah. 100%. And they were part of that crew with AJ Styles, CM Punk, Samoa Joe, who really built Ring of Honor. So yeah. to see them get a chance to work together on this big stage and really put SmackDown over, it's given SmackDown a little taste of what yeah. originally drew people to Ring of Honor. And listen to what we're talking about here, folks. We're talking about Edge. We're talking about Chris. And we're talking about Daniel Bryan. You don't hear us talking about some goofy shit going on. We know there's a lot of that in WWE right now. I'm just going to choose to ignore that. Um, In fact, I'm going to jump off WWE. We're going to go to AEW. I thought personally, honestly, the show was okay. Mm. But then the end, that's what Mm. everybody was talking about. That's to me. That made the big deal. To me, it was like watching a movie and I'm like, this is all right. Then I'm like, whoa. But but here's what you got to remember. A wrestling card is supposed to build to the end. Sure. People forget about that because yeah. of the Monday Night Wars. They want every segment to be right. must-see TV, yeah. and that's not how wrestling is supposed to work. They did right. the perfect thing on AEW. They gave you a average card, mm-hmm. average wrestling. They did have some cool stuff. They there had some big you. matches. I just think yeah. some of the stuff like the tag battle royal. I never get excited about tag battle royals, but, but I do no. like the interactions in there. You had interactions. Yeah. You're making Jungle Boy. You are making the feud between MJF and Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. So there is stuff that happens in the Battle Royal, I, but I'm not I, a fan. I'm like you. I don't like the total concept. I do want to point out, though, I did enjoy, even though I think the camera work and the ending got boxed a little bit, I really actually enjoyed Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Oh, 100%. Thunder Rosa is ahead and above almost all the other women there right now, in my opinion. She's awesome. But Britt yeah. Baker is continually improving she's not just a great character she went from a great she went from like kind of we don't really need her there like she's a baby face she needs some work to a great heel character 
Now she's becoming a great heel character you, who can work. You go back a year ago, and I, or even more, and I was pretty vicious with Britt Baker. You were? I, 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 I felt that her work was not at the, especially to be the number one draft pick, I thought that her work lacked to be on the AEW broadcast and that it was bringing down the women's division. And instead of staying and making them come to her, she has put in the work. She is working her ass off. Hopefully she's practicing at home with Adam Cole. Whatever whatever she's doing, yeah. she is making it work. And to be able to keep up with Thunder Rosa, who is one of the best women's wrestlers in the world, bar none, then she's doing the right thing. And well, that's what we we're talking about, though, with the card. Peaks and valleys. Sure, sure. Because they got the good stuff. Anything with Matt Hardy right now, quite frankly to me, is bringing it down a little bit. <laughs> and then there's the peak and valleys. <clears throat> and I like Matt Hardy. I yeah. just don't. I, it's not, not big, doing not anything big money. Max is kind of missing a little bit. I I agree 100. percent But those peaks and valleys, and then we get to the end. The mm -hmm. match was good. The match oh, yeah. was a good match. Mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed the hell out and, of the match. I want, to, I want to point out something too, by the way. So many guys, I think, fly, and so many guys do high spots. And a, there are people that don't like Ada to get on top of that. For those people, I get it, but I want to point something out to you. Ray Phoenix is a different animal who's Dude. winning me over. He does, he rolls out. He looks like he's going to keep rolling into the crowd. He yeah. looks like he's going to annihilate his body every time he hits something. If you don't like, like Ray Phoenix, there's I'm something wrong with you. Yeah, yeah, there's something wrong with you. And yeah. then you bring out Lance Archer. Lance yeah. Archer comes out, saves the day, boom, boom, boom. You think you're good. I'm sitting there going, well, a little bit of time left. Yeah. Out comes freaking Kenta. Right. That's uh, even though we all knew that the battle's gonna be in the US for the intercontinental for the uh US intercontinental title. US title. Sorry, yeah. I keep freaking mixing those I know, up. Have, yeah. But the US title, even though we know that, none of us were expecting Kenta. And now I got to uh, now I'm wondering, does this open up the door for other mixtures? And maybe we can have new Bullet Club versus old Bullet Club. Maybe we can. Who knows what this is opening the door for? On the social media, for those who didn't catch it, Omega went up to uh, Kenta and he said something like, hey, man, good to see. You. I didn't know Brother Switchblade was going to send someone over here. And Kenta looked at him and go, ha, ha, go fuck yourself. <laughs> He's like, I'm here for Moxley, not you. And then Kenny looks over at the uh, camera and goes, all right, all right, we'll work on that. But how about me and Kenta next week? I'll smooth things out versus Moxley. By the way, when a wrestler says, I'm going to smooth things out, always you might want to look out. Yeah, that means you might have just messed, you might have just messed up. <laughs> like, like we talked about earlier, you'll yeah. never see them here again. Right. I think... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the spoilers for this. I know this week is tape, but I think uh, Kenta is probably going to get a receipt from Omega, and that's going to—that's my guess. We'll see what happens. But I'm, I'm, purposely, I'm purposely not looking at the spoilers. I never look at the spoilers anymore. Yeah, I, I, they don't get out really anymore. No. They really don't because everything's taped in a small crowd, and nobody seems to really be—you uh, know—and I mean, if they are getting out, it's not in places I'm looking. So. Yeah, and I, I, but that that scenario, what they're mm -hmm. building around the world title, what they're building with Sammy Guevara and MJF, I'm interested in. And now you've got Jericho left the room, and MJF says, "Hey guys, we got to have a meeting here right. without Jericho in the." Everybody's figuring it's going to be MJF is going to uh, kick out Sammy, and I don't know where this goes with Sammy, but I think the big thing is MJF's going to eventually take over this faction. Uh, I do too. So there are some very interesting storylines. 
I, I'm interested to see what happens with Hangman Page because they seem to be completely screwing up anything with him, <laughs> which is amazing because he's an incredible athlete and a good wrestler. <laughs> um, but but they just don't seem to know what to do with him. The biggest thing I love is all these companies working together. We have NWA Women's Champion is Serena Deweeb. Deweeb. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's an AEW contracted talent. We have an NWA contracted talent in Thunder Rosa, who's also going to be in this women's tournament, who's on all the time. Is she under a contract to NWA? She's still under a contract with NWA. I thought that elapsed because I yet. thought she was supposed to be a free agent. Not oh, yet. my bad. <laughs> she, so, no, no, I thought because I thought the big storyline was, was. she signed. She with made NWA. sure to let people know that she's still not a free agent right now. Oh, but, oh gotcha. But, um, Billy Corgan is letting her work. And I think when that contract is up, she's just going to go to AEW anyway at this point. But now, I do want to talk about one thing. Obviously, Sting is not the biggest thing in AEW right now. He's Shaquille coming O'Neal in is. under that ledger. Yeah, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's not a reason why we don't mention that every week. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to Sting, I thought he did a good job with the promo. Ricky Starks on fire as always. Ricky yeah. Starks talking trash, tells him, hey, you know, I don't see the fire in your eyes anymore, whatever. And Sting says, maybe you just haven't gotten close enough. Yeah. I like it. I I think Sting's a guy to me who's a better promo after his prime. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, me, yeah, yeah, he got a better promo. Now, I do want to point out, Ricky Starks to me too, by the way, is the money of that group. As much as like, I like Hobbs and he could be something right now, right now in this moment, yeah. Ricky Starks is the guy that's shining to me because he can talk. He blows. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, You know I enjoy Taz. I, I've always been a Taz yeah. fan. I enjoy Taz's Starks mic work. I think he's very good. <laughs> I think as a heel, he's fantastic. Yeah. I think right now the best person on the mic in that whole group is Ricky Starks. Yeah. Ricky, Taz, Ricky yeah. Starks absolutely kills yeah. it, and he brings it every week. I also think they're doing a good job on the other side of not having Darby Allen speak too much. All right. I wanted to ask you before I got sidetracked one last thing about So all these companies are working together. All right. We've seen some New Japan talent. Now, obviously, there's some people that are in Japan. Quarantine and stuff's going to be an issue. Assuming that wasn't. All right. We have Impact, NWA, and New Japan wrestlers showing up at AEW. I'm going to give you three guys. All right. You tell me which one you would like to see most. Not what the people want to see the most. What AJ wants to see. I don't give a fuck what the people want to see the most. (laughs) Okada. All right. Representing New Japan. All right. Impact. I'm going to throw a wild card out here. James Storm, because I know he's one of your favorites. Wow. And NWA, Nick Aldis. Out of those three, who would you like to see show up at AEW? Wow. I know the world would say Okada, probably. I know who I'm thinking, but who would you uh, Nick Aldis. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. (laughs) I think he's money. I think the guy, the look. And by the way, Nick hasn't been wrestling as much lately. I guarantee you. He's probably not just like hanging around. <laughs> like he's probably Nick, a Nick Aldis needs a national platform. He does. He's that and, good. And, and don't get me wrong. I wish to God I could tell you NWA is that national platform for him. I know. And, and as much as we enjoyed what they were doing last year before everything went wrong, it's not the national platform that he needs. No. He belongs in AEW. He belongs in the in WWE. NXT, I would love to see him in NXT. He needs to do what he was doing in NWA, but on a national platform. He, he needs the group. He needs to. Yeah. Well, everybody says he's a second coming, you know, of Ric Flair. They like to do that. To me, he's not. He's a second coming of Nick Bockwinkle. Sure. He, he reminds me a lot more of Nick Bockwinkle. He has the fancy stuff like Ric Flair does, the mm-hmm. watch, the suits, the, but he's got that class to him. 
Yes. He's got that way of speaking, even his cadence. Right. He doesn't get thrown off. He doesn't get fired up. He's it's a little cadence. Yeah. He's a little bit of Bachwinkle. He's a little bit of Flair. And he's a little bit of Harley Race. And yeah. he's all rolled this into one. And he's yeah, because he because he is a tough kid too. So he definitely has that toughness also. Yeah. And I yeah. He's been, I, he, and people forget how long he's been doing this. He's been doing this since he was what sixteen. He's not that old. He's been doing yeah. Like he was an impact, and he was there with guys like Sting, Samoa Joe, and those guys at like eighteen, nineteen years old. Yeah, so, I think I think he's only like thirty-two years old. I don't I think he's say. that old either. People can correct yeah. us afterwards. I'm not going to look it up. Sorry, but nah, he's a young nah. guy. He's talented, and I hope he gets that national platform. Whereas, Soon. whereas Finn Balor, I think sometimes people think he's younger than he is. Right, he looks young. He does. Yeah, he looks. Thing. It's like it's so funny now. Like we're gonna spin to another topic, but like these wrestlers before, like Hulk Hogan, like when he was in his forties, looked like he was like in his fifties already. Well, I can 60s. remember guys like Dave Meltzer and stuff screaming about how this guy should retire. He's mm-hmm. 39, 40 years old. They yeah. wanted Flair out at 40. They wanted yeah. Hogan out at 40. They wanted but AJ Styles. Players. I know Conrad mentions all the time, but like he's like in his 40s, 44, 45, whatever it is. And it's like, yeah. no, that guy looks great as ever. And so doesn't, you know, like Finn at 39 does not look like a guy who's going to retire little, in two years to me. Little known fact, all AJs look amazing at 44. Very good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> On that note, what better way to end this? <laughs> Working Fans Podcast. Guys, we hope you enjoyed. We're out. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Podcast, and we got a 5-3-1 for you this week. We got the best of John Cena matches. Now, we were in a little bit of a hurry, so I didn't get a ton of lists this week. But you know you know your boys. We're still going to be here. We're still going to give you a list. So, AJ, I know you're very excited about this topic. John Cena is one of your all-time favorite wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, right up there. I think you've, you've said to me before, Flair, Anderson, Cena. I think that was what you said. I could be wrong. I think it's his catch-as-catch-can style that really gets me. Totally, yeah. Yeah, the the way he always finds a way to put new moves in, put a little twist on the match. A lot of times he'll take an old hold and make it look brand new, mm-hmm. and you can't find those nuances. Five-knuckle shuffle, baby. We got it all day. Uh, now, he has had some good matches. Most of those are people, I think, that were really great workers, but he has to hold his own, so I'm going to... Give the devil a little bit of his due here. He's not one of my favorite guys either, but I think he's he's had my, my favorite Cena run. I want to say was actually that U.S. title challenge. Oh, he sure. started doing that. Yeah, I thought that was good. Now let's. I mean, go, go my favorite matches are the ones I can't see. <laughs> All right, let's go. My man, stand up comedy here. You might have heard him on Tuesday's episode. Here we go. All right, I'm going to start off with Jesse from New Hampshire. He's got RVD versus Cena, One Night Stand, 2006. Edge, TLC match, Unforgiven, 06. Rusev, WrestleMania 31. AJ Styles, SummerSlam 2016. Kevin Owens, The Elimination Chamber 2015. Any of those matches stick out to you? Yeah, the Rusev one actually does, believe it or not. I think that in that match, <clears throat> in that match, he put over Rusev, and he really got Rusev on the map. Rusev was going forward, and he did all he could to put over Rusev. Yeah. I think the WWE, after that, did all they could to bury Rusev Day. Mm. But he did a great job himself of actually helping Rusev's career. Yeah, for me, it was the Kevin Owens one, actually. I thought just the opposite. I thought he really helped Kevin when he first got in there, and Kevin more than held his own. He did. I especially, you know, it's hard sometimes to know how many people have seen what somebody's doing in NXT 
or -hmm. what they've done in the past before they get to the WWE brand Mm -hmm. because so many WWE fans are just WWE fans. Right. They don't necessarily even watch NXT because it's not Raw or SmackDown. They debuted him right there. I don't remember what the crowd it was, but they knew about him in that crowd where Owens came out. So. It, it it had to be like a Philadelphia or Montreal. New York. Or New York. Canada, yeah. Because Ke- Kevin Steen had been very well known on the independence as well. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Now, who you got for a list here? So I've got Mr. Zach St. John, his mama's favorite son. And he's got John Cena versus Rob Van Dam, One Night Stand. Okay. He's got Cena versus CM Punk, Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles versus John Cena from SummerSlam 2016. Oh, wow. He's got AJ Styles, Royal Rumble 2017. And then he's got John Cena versus Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam 2013. I'm seeing a lot of similar matches here. RBG 06. Um, well, that's Punk's the one that sticks bank. out on yeah. this list because that crowd, that was that Philadelphia crowd that shit all over John Cena. Mm-hmm. And John Cena did do a good job of holding his own with the crowd. I think it was technically Hammerstein Ballroom in New York. Well, oh, sorry, the, Hammerstein. ECW, sorry, you're right. No, no, you're right. Venue. Yeah, yeah, my they bad. Were very, they were very hard on, uh, on but, John. But, yeah, they were not happy to see John Cena versus RVD. That's for damn sure. But once again, the biggest challenge in there to me would have been actually Rob Van Dam match mm-hmm. because the other four guys are so smooth and so good. Right. Whereas RVD is such an eclectic style. Mm-hmm. And he potatoes the shit out of you. So, are you a Van Dam fan? I do. I I applaud his athleticism. I yeah. like his hard hitting style. But he's not um, as up top of your list as other people. He, he's not the top of my list, but he's certainly not the bottom of my list. Gotcha. Mike Flynn gave us a list. He's got Cena versus RVD one night stand. He's also got Cena Styles at SummerSlam 2016. Cena and HBK from Monday Night Raw. He's also got Cena and Money in the Bank with CM Punk. And we got CNN Edge at TLC 2006. So I think that's three lists now. We've seen Cena Edge, Cena RVD, Cena Styles, and two that CM Punk and Cena have been on. So, Well, my next list comes from someone who we know has tremendous taste in wrestling and and is actually Mrs. St. John's second favorite son. I don't believe that for a second. (laughs) Randy, Randy Osgo. (laughs) <laughs> He's got John Cena versus JBL in the I Quit match from Judgment Day. Okay. He's got John Cena RVD one night stand. He's got Cena Rock. He's got 3012, but I believe it was 2012. Yes. <laughs> uh, those two might still be going in 3012, but that's fine. John Cena versus Brock Lesnar, Backlash 2003. And then he's got John Cena versus Edge from TLC Unforgiven 2006. People, I go back and uh, well, go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say the JBL one on there is interesting for me. That was a slobber knocker. Yeah, I was going to say, and that and people don't remember, go back and watch that match he had with Lesnar in 2003. That was oh. Brock's return to the company. They beat the shit out of each other, and it looked like a real fight. In and 2003? Back like, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, that's a little earlier. That's right. I'm thinking of a later one there. That I, like. I was like, that's a pretty young Rock, Brock to be coming You're back. You're right. Yeah, he's coming back. <laughs> that was my fault. Well, good call. Good call. Good call. But I, you know, I also know that match he's talking about too. That's very a little younger in Cena's career. I, that, that was, was that was actually young in both of their careers. Now they had wrestled a lot mm-hmm. in what was it? Not they weren't in Deep South. They were in the other one. Or were they in Deep South? Oh, whichever they were one they were in. OVW. Yeah. Yeah. Ohio, Ohio Valley. They had wrestled a lot 
at that point, I believe Brock was wrestling under his own name, but you had Cena wrestling under the, the Prodigy or uh, something prototype. like that. Prototype. There you go. Yeah. And they had wrestled, worked a lot. So in 2003, when they wanted Brock to look good, especially early in his career, they were putting him in a lot of matches with people who he knew the styles worked together. Right. And Cena made sense at that point because they had worked so often. I got a list here. I got Cena versus Punk, Money in the Bank 2011. I think that match was made. That really rejuvenated Punk's career, too. The promo right before this, all leading up to that. Chicago, hot, hot crowd. Edge TLC 2006, Unforgiven. Also an amazing match. I also put down Cena Brock 2003, but I think I was thinking 2011. I was trying to rip off Randy on that one because I thought it was a good match. But <laughs> whatever, 2003's got another vote. <laughs> Cena versus RVD, One Night Stand. Had to make the list. I thought that crowd was just insane, which I think is a common theme we're going to see in Cena's matches. A lot of times it's the crowd that makes these matches, too. Yeah. And Cena versus Owens, 2015 Elimination Chamber. I also had that one, just because I really love the way Cena put Owens over in that. I'm a little surprised we haven't seen Cena and Batista, but that's fine. <laughs> Who you got? Cena Batista? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> uh, God, no. I've got Cena versus Edge from Backlash 2009. I've got AJ Styles, 2016 SummerSlam. He did a good job of welcoming AJ to the <laughs> company and putting AJ over. <laughs> Lord knows sometimes when you're a great worker like AJ, you don't get that opportunity in the WWE. CM Punk, Night of Champions, 2012. I thought that that was a hell of a match. They tore the place <laughs> down. Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 23. I thought that Shawn and him actually put on a heck of a match. And it was an extended match because you're talking about WrestleMania. So it was a chance to see what John Cena could do over an extended period of time. And then I'm putting him on with Brock Lesnar, but I'm putting him in a three-way. I enjoyed the Royal oh. Rumble 2015 with Seth Rollins, yes. Brock Lesnar, and John Cena. I think adding Rollins' style to that match actually, and it's Rollins at his best. Brock was a beast, mm -hmm. and Cena held his own. So to me, that, that highlighted what Cena could actually do. Amazing match. What was that match that Brock beat him at SummerSlam where Cena didn't get any offense in? <laughs> that was a good one. Now, okay, to peel back a little bit, that is one of our Cena favorite Cena matches. Right. But we're talking about Cena, Cena performing. It was such that. a surprise in the company to at the time they had yeah. done that. But anyway, I think based off the votes for the final three, we're going to have to have Cena and RVD in there. Yeah. We're going to have to have Cena and Edge from the TLC 2006 Unforgiven. I think they made every list. And then, ah, man, I don't know. Uh, throw the Owens one in there. Throw the Owens one in there? All right. Yeah, that's uh, he really did. You convinced me on that one. He really did make Kevin Owens coming in. Yeah. yeah he, he could have done what so many WWE guys do, which is ruin somebody's big appearance. But he did a great job there of putting him over. Yeah. It, it'd gonna, be easy. I, I think we're going to agree. I think the fans aren't. But I'm going to boot the RVD one off first. Because uh, I, I think it. Yeah, I think I it was a good match, but I don't think it was as good as the rest of them here. The only reason it's memorable is because how much Cena got shit on by the crowd. Right, right. I the, think that was a big the thing. The match yeah. itself is not memorable. Yeah, like it's, to me, it's like not – I don't want to put it in the same breath because it's a better match, but I think it's like Hogan, Rock, Rock, Cena. It's the crowds that really make those matches. It, it is. Your, your yeah. metaphor is great. Obviously, it's two completely different crowds, a WrestleMania crowd yeah. to a Hammerstein yeah. Ballroom 400 people crowd. Yeah. And I think but, Cena yeah. more to help his own compared to some of the other matches, maybe. Yeah. I like Cena RVD better than Cena Rock. Obviously, I didn't have Cena Rock on my list. but Not on my list either. Uh, yeah. But uh, I didn't think they had a great chemistry, honestly, Cena Well, Rock. the other thing that they did that they ruined Cena and The Rock was they said it's a once-in-a-lifetime and then did it again the next year. 
Yeah, and I like the first match better. Like yeah. the second one was kind of like, well, what are we doing again? We got to do this because yeah. Cena exactly. needs to win back. All right, well, exactly. <laughs> and and that's I think what pissed everybody off. And I don't think that's why people remember it fondly mm. is because you can't tell people this is once in a lifetime. And, and that first twice. one had that one year of build. Literally, yeah. they did it from WrestleMania to WrestleMania. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have had a problem when they do like a second lifetime, but it didn't have to be at WrestleMania. You could have done it like at another event and made it special. I know you need to rock at Mania, but to me. I, you're gonna have to get seen his win back. I think it would have been could... better if they did it in a cave where nobody could see it. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's gonna leave us with Cena and Edge, TLC 2006, and Cena Owens. I think Edge is the feud to me that puts Cena on the map and showed that this guy can hold his own when he has to. He and, might and not be the classic the... wrestler, but yeah. And that's where the matches are different. One is Cena being the young man, proving what he can do and having to keep up with Edge, who's one of the all-time greats. And the other one is Kevin Owens coming in and having to be proven by John Cena. And to me, it's two totally different matches. I enjoyed both of them. However, I would completely go with Edge on this. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. So that's going to be our winner, Cena versus Edge, TLC Unforgiven 2006. Ladies and gentlemen, the Working Fans Podcast, 531. We're out. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week.